I sometimes have to be deprived of something to realize how important it is to me. Uh, And with that comes a sense of community. Welcome to the Stolen Hours Podcast. Conversations with known and unknown creative or passion-driven people whose mild-mannered alter egos range from postal workers to teachers to salespeople to moms and dads to husbands and wives just getting life done but in a creative way the following is episode seven the cell phone tower climber electrician the musician chris campbell aka cambo if you're enjoying these conversations Subscribe, write us a review on iTunes, follow us on Instagram at the Stolen Hours Podcast, or just follow online at www.thestolenhourspodcast.com. Enjoy the episode. Christopher Campbell on uh, with us, otherwise known as Cambo, to many of his friends. He's someone I've just been watching on Instagram where he lives out in the Lake Tahoe region now. And so he's doing lots of hiking, lots of just been out there exploring and lots of great photographs just to combine with that, even little videos here and there. So that's been fun for me just to see what was going on with his life. But also he's someone who just can't help but make music and yeah, he's, he does that in his spare time. Uh, Chris also spends his time working as an electrician on uh, the lifts uh, out there in the, the ski industry. So uh, he's kind of done a range of jobs um, from climbing cell phone towers to that electrician job. So he's got that day job, but you know he's someone who's creative and can't help but be. And so uh, today on the Stolen Hours podcast, we're talking to Christopher Campbell. Welcome, Cambo. Thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's been fun to talk to old friends and, uh, you know, just new friends as I'm doing this thing. So it's great to have you on. And I know you're on the other side of the country. When did you move out there? Yeah, so I moved back out west about just over a year ago. I got back out here. uh, Yeah, it was just before COVID hit. So it was uh, right in the middle of February. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, a year ago. Can't believe we're already a year into this world. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, that that is pretty crazy how fast that's gone. Yeah. So so you've been in uh out there on the West Coast. Um just what's it been like out there for you? You're in a, a natural environment, so you've been getting outside, of course. What's it been like just with like COVID world out there? It's been uh it's been a challenge in some regards. I mean, in other regards, to be honest you know, it, it's been working for me because, uh, I have the beautiful outdoors to myself, really, you know, uh, a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these spots that you would normally, that one would normally go to, to hike or snowboard or, or surf or whatever it is, you know, have been pretty empty, you know? So, uh, yeah, you take the good with the bad. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, I'd, I'd say there's places up here in you know Vernon, New Jersey that are more populated than ever, but there's definitely some secret spots that are hidden, and for sure there's uh, 
some places are, are not occupied by many and then there's others like i could go to new york city and probably walk around by myself right now but i can't on the, the trails of uh, the appalachian trail in vernon new jersey <laughs> yeah yeah well right but so vernon has no shortage of its beautiful spots too yeah. and uh yeah i mean going going into new york city to have that by yourself has its own sort of beauty i guess you could say absolutely absolutely which i'm sure you miss a little bit being out there but you got a whole nother version which is much more magnificent i'd say in terms of the scope and how how much stuff there is it's great it, it yeah yeah it's tough to uh stay out of the woods you know like i'll be coming home from work and see a new peak or a new trail you know I'm like oh man i've never been up that one I gotta go gotta go check that out and then you know i've also i've gotten into cross-country skiing and fly fishing recently so that opens up you know a whole different a whole different set of spots that's great it's great yeah i mean that's part of why i was like oh i'm gonna have this guy on here because i keep looking at these beautiful places that i want to be at i'm like oh this is part of uh your creative ventures it's just the passion to or even just you know passion driven is part of this podcast too just wanting to get out there and you can't help it you're seeing a peak and like i gotta go <laughs> yeah that's how it, that's how it is cool. yeah, so it's, it's great so the draw to get that out there out west was was for nature or was it for a job how, how'd you end up out there you know so yeah it's funny um i would say it was a pretty bit of you know an equal combination of both you know uh so when I first moved back out west, I moved to a town called Ben Lomond that's in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Um, and, uh, you know, so now I'm back in Tahoe where I, you know, I always, I always thought I would kind of make it back out here. And then, uh, you know, the Santa Cruz lightning complex fires happened. I'm not sure if you know, many people are familiar with that on the East coast, but yes. you know, it was, it was a pretty, um, intense set of wildfires that happened that back August. And, you know, so unfortunately I was, I was renting a tiny house, uh, in the Santa Cruz mountains that was totally consumed by the fire there. Uh, so that was really the, the catalyst that, that brought me back up to Tahoe. Wow. Wow. So that's intense. I mean, so so you have this little house, you're in the Santa Cruz mountains and you just, did you lose a ton of stuff? Was this uh reality? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that I actually found out about it was on Twitter. Oh boy. I was, yeah. So I was still doing towers at the time and I, I was working in Reno, Nevada. And, uh, you know, so it was like a 14 hour day. It was a really long day up on the tower. And, you know, so when we travel, when the tower crew that I was on would travel, you know, we would be put up in hotels. Okay. So I was at the, com yeah, I was at the comfort suites in Reno and I had gotten back to the hotel and I pull up my Twitter account and I see that, uh, there are mandatory evacuations in, in Felton, California. And I'm like, oh man, wow. that's the, yeah, that's the next town over from me. So then I'm scrolling back and I see that. Uh, the, the road, the actual road that I was living on had been evacuated like an hour earlier. Wow. And then, yeah, the, the whole, uh, the rest of the story developed from there. And, uh, you know, it took me about a week to actually find out that I had, you know, that the uh, place I was renting had actually been destroyed 
which was, you know, a, a bummer. But, you know, at the same time, I, I travel light. And, uh, th- you know, there, there were a lot of people that were affected in ways that, you know, I was fortunate enough not to be really, uh, you know, um, hit as hard as a lot of these people, you know, sure. families and, you know, people who have lived there their entire lives yeah, yeah. and that type of situation, you know? Wow. All right. So that's, a, that's already an interesting story for us here. Um, what was that called? The, what was the lightning strike that started? That was the, that, yeah, that, so that particular fire was the Santa Cruz lightning complex. They oh, called lightning. that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, it, it was started by, lightning which i guess for some people you know you could take comfort in the fact that it was a natural event yeah. you know and and not uh you know negligence or anything like sure, that sure. you know and, and and i will just you know give huge credit to, to those fire crews those, those guys and girls you know were were working uh around the clock to uh to do their best to prevent you know more loss you know yeah. so respect to them absolutely well very crazy man so so at that time you so you went out west and you're you have a gig doing cell phone tower climbs right um, yes that's right how long had you been doing that before this uh wildfire business hit and all that right so i i actually started climbing towers back in jersey okay I was working for, yeah yeah i was working for a company out of uh, Wyckoff, New Jersey. And I was actually living up in Warwick, New York, which I'm sure you're familiar with. It's oh, yeah. Cool, cool, t- cool town. Um, and yeah, so I had an opportunity to take a job out West here and, you know, and I jumped on it, you know? Um, and uh, with that came a ton of travel, which was great in some regards and some regards, not so great. You know, but I got to see a, a ton of cool stuff, you know, for these places where I normally would not have seen myself traveling to. And, uh, you know, uh, Tombstone, Arizona. Okay. Yeah. Is, yeah. As one example of that, you know, that was pretty awesome. And I don't think that would have really been on my radar sure. had uh, work not brought me there. You know, yeah. I got to see like Doc Holliday's guns and Billy the Kid's boots in the museum there. So, <laughs> That was awesome. awesome. And yeah, and, and I really met some amazing people working there too, that, you know, guys that will be lifelong friends. That's great. Wow. So this yeah. is already interesting. And your work has kind of brought you, you know, just a creative world, you know, that's creative lifestyle, I guess we'll say. And so that kind of puts us right into that, that realm of things. So for you, I know you say uh, music's kind of your go-to creative, the guitar is what you pick up when you're, instead of a video game controller. <laughs> um, so let's uh, talk about that. Is that something you did when you were a little kid? Is there a memory that you have that the first time you created something, you're like, ooh, I like this. I'm going to keep doing this. That's a great question. Yeah, so my family always encouraged artistic expression. You know, like I remember being really little and my older brother, Warren, he had a natural ability to draw, you know, and, and, um, I was never great at drawing, although, you know, I, I, I loved to, you know, paint and draw and sketch and whatever. I just never really excelled at it. And, uh, 
my dad was cool enough that when, when we were kids, you know, I remember I had a drum set by the time I was like, you know, tiny and uh, it, it was a tiny little Mickey mouse drum set. And, uh, so that was my first <laughs> instrument, you know, other than banging a spoon on the kitchen table or something, yes. you know? And then, uh, yeah, from there I progressed to the guitar and, uh, I learned power chords. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I learned uh power chords from from this kid that I met and he's like, Yeah, you know, you could just slide these up and down the neck. And uh I remember being able to like put three chords together and say, like, Oh yeah, that's that's how they do that. <laughs> and uh, you know, I was just pretty much hooked hooked at the, from there. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And so uh did that find its face uh uh, as you're as you're doing these travel jobs, did you have a backpack guitar? Were you bringing it along the way, or was this something you just kind of left at home, sadly? And you're like, all right, I'll get back to it when I get back to it. No, no, I, I always brought my guitar with. Yeah, nice. um, yeah, I have this cool Epiphone acoustic that's been my uh, travel guitar for now, uh, nice. for a while now. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's um, you know, it's a way. It's a way of tapping into maybe some subconscious thoughts to get that out there. Also a little bit, I'll admit a little bit of a distraction from, from the hotel life when I was on the road so much. Uh, But, and then it's also part of home that you get to bring with you, you know? Um, So at the same time, it's, it's a comfort, uh, you know, like a comfort item, but you know, I'm pushing my comfort zone by, by being out there. Yeah. you know so that, that's a pretty cool combination to have that's great i love i love that description so it's it's your comfort it's a sense of home as you're out there and about there it's kind of awesome nice very cool um so did this world of uh music kind of ever find its face in performing and recording for you yeah yeah um so i would say the first Oh, okay. So actually, yeah. Back in high school, a couple of these guys that I was friends with from the skateboard and snowboard scene, my buddies, Dave and Sean, we got together, you know, uh, Dave played drums and I was supposed to be the guitar player. And then my buddy Sean was supposed to be the bass player, but it turned out that we were just both guitar players and a drummer. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And, uh, it was great though. We were right in our own music because we really couldn't play any other songs. So we just <laughs> yes. wrote these like, yeah, like not even three chord punk songs. They were like two chord yes, punk yes. rock songs. And uh, we would just play in my buddy Sean's basement. And uh, yeah, eventually like we started inviting people over and uh, we had playing these little basement shows with like, you know, five of our friends or whatever. But uh, that, that was great. And then, you know, from there it developed into, you know, I was in another band uh, with my buddy Josh and my buddy Mike, and we were called the Slam Babies, which was actually supposed to just be Slam Babies that, like, you know, the the word the, you know, just became attached to it, which which drove my buddy Mike crazy (laughs) because he came up with the name. And then, yeah, like we played shows all around, uh, you know, North Jersey and into New York at the Breezy Point Inn. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was great. It, it was a lot of fun. That was in my early 20s. Nice. 
Yeah. And then uh, I was actually a drummer for a little bit in this band in Philadelphia called the Red Stanleys, who uh, I think they're, they're, um, you know, thing was uh, something along the lines of, you know, the hardest working band that uh, never, never done anything, you know, <laughs> but, you know, so, yeah. But I mean, I'm telling you, like that band, I could say it was probably like the fate, my favorite group of musicians that I've been involved with to this day. You know, they were uh, amazing songwriters. And it's one of those things where it's funny how some bands make it and some don't. And the reasons why are, you know, beyond me. But I, when I think about that, I think of bands like Archers of Loaf, sure. you know, who are like, their uh their Love. songwriting is incredible you know they have some amazing albums out there and you, you uh could mention them on the street and no one's really ever heard of them outside of that indie rock scene you know yeah, yeah. yeah. well that's it i mean i think there's just definitely tap into that world of uh indie rock you know or lo-fi back before it was like slow moving hip-hop or smooth beats you know <laughs> with no that's right <laughs> lo-fi means something totally different now than it used to um, yeah, yeah, very a, true. A band like Archers of Loaf, for sure. You know, what they're from, I think, North Carolina. Great band that for sure was known locally and, and sure, nationally, internationally. But, you know, how many people could say they heard them on the radio? Not too many unless it's college radio. So that's the reality. That is, that is the reality. You know, actually, now that we say it, I do think they may have had, like, one radio man that was probably just a college radio scene sure, but sure. so again an amazing amazing band yeah i mean that's, that's awesome so that's so for you though you've kind of tapped those into those worlds a bit as a musician and you had a, a fun touring life even if it was locally um and so at, at this point are, are you involved with a band or any sort of uh um music um with with other people and your more settled life in tahoe yeah, well, so as as I'm be as I'm getting settled in more, you know, I, I've been attempting to branch out and stuff. You know, again, like we mentioned earlier, I can't help but picking up a guitar, and uh, the the writing, you know, is also something. Sometimes I, I'll uh, you know I'll write lyrics first and then put the guitar on top of that, or the other way around. Sure. But uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, a couple of the guys that that I work with are also musicians. So we've been talking about getting something together there. And the cool thing for me, yeah, yeah. The, and the cool thing for me is uh, that I'm thinking about picking up the bass. Nice. Yeah. Um, and that'll be like another expanse for me. You know, I, I've always enjoyed playing the bass. And when I recorded my own music, I've recorded bass tracks and stuff, but I've actually never been a performing bass player. But I feel like that is something that I would love to get into and uh, will probably also help me expand my my musical ability too. Sure, sure. I mean, even, you know, so the two chord songs, I love that you mentioned that earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, true true punk rock, you know, it was if you read that book, uh, was it's... Uh, Azerod, um, this band could be your life. You know that book? I don't. It's probably that's worth cool. it's worth reading. It's and they they're talking about all different bands, you know, Black Flag to Dinosaur Junior to you know whoever. And the cool thing about it is 
they keep redefining the word punk and the word punk ultimately meaning that it's like the people's music and for even someone who's not a trained musician there was a desire to create music so the truest punk rock like move was to make music even when you didn't know how to (laughs) it's the truth it's it's definitely the truth right and uh pushing the envelope for sure Uh, yeah and even, even these days i wouldn't even know what to consider you know like punk rock i think counterculture a lot often too when i hear that yeah you know so a lot of this a lot of this cool electronic stuff that's coming out now you know i don't i would i tend to not try to put any kind of labels on on any music really but these are to me sound like the people who are pushing the envelope the most sure sure so yeah the modern day version of of in indie music really which is you know more than ever has a platform you know back in the day it was like your friends in the basement maybe you yeah. recorded it and snuck it into a record store or something but really it's uh you know now it's you can just put it out there and you know whether it's you know received with praise or not who who cares you just put it out and see what happens and yeah and i love that you you know admit the desire still to learn and uh you know your your songwriting skills and you know instrument playing skills still evolving especially since it's been your like uh just really just kind of your side love and you just keep it going right until until kingdom come (laughs) absolutely man and uh i I love how you put it that way too you know a few well many years ago at this point too a really good friend told me this one time is that life is all about learning and growing yeah you know and uh i still think of that a lot when i'm like oh man you know should I just take the easy way or whatever? I said, no, just, just go for it. You know, sure, what's, yeah. you know, yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. I mean, my, my boss says, uh, you know, I work as a teacher and she's this great musician. She's my supervisor, um, Lisa Vartanian. And she said, uh, someone said to her early in her music life, um, you know, very classically trained musician. And they just challenged her and said, uh, if you're ever comfortable, that's, that's not good. You know, so you should always be a little uncomfortable when it comes to your career or even, you know, just your goals in life. And, and that again, opens the door to learning and wanting to learn and pushing yourself a little bit to to not just sit back on what you know already and, uh, you know, challenging yourself to, to do better in the world, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's a great philosophy to have in general. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is your, uh, so now you're settled in Tahoe. How long you been there? Yeah, I'm settled in Tahoe. I got in here. Um, actually, you know, it, it, what is crazy is, so I just, I turned 40 November 1st. Hey, happy and, 40. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, a, a, youth, a youthful 40. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and I actually, I signed the lease. I'm renting this cool little spot. Uh, in in South Lake, and uh, I signed the lease. I moved in on my fortieth birthday. Nice. Yeah. So so that was a great little birthday present to myself. Nice. So I'm settling in here. Yeah, and uh, it's cool. I'm I'm right in between. Like I can walk down to the lake. Uh, I got you know a couple really cool spots that I could I could walk to if I want. You know I can get to the ski resort that's right over here, Heavenly. Uh, you know, it's a five minute drive or, you know, it's a bit of a hike if I wanted to walk there, you know, but it's cool. I'm right in the middle of everything. That's great. So are you a, are you a snowboarder or skier or you're uh what do you do out there? And 
terms of the, that world? For the most part, I'm a snowboarder. You know, uh, yeah, I, I started skiing when I was a kid, you know, when I, I was probably, man, I don't know, like four, maybe five years old when I got on my first pair of skis nice. and uh, yeah, yeah. And then, so I did pick myself up a set of cross country skis yeah. recently, which is cool. It's a whole nother world. Like I had never cross country skied before. It's, it's, um, fun. it's really fun. I, it is. It's a good workout too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's just another, another thing to kind of steal your hours with you know the stolen hours ideas even even those little side passions that are you know not the music you kind of sneak in your your uh, nature life and another way to do that especially in the winter is <laughs> snowshoeing or the only way to get out there is with these things on your feet or skis yeah that, that is a good point you know and, and it all comes together as well you know a lot of the time when i'm out there is when i'm doing a lot of my thinking yeah, you know, and, and then you know they sometimes develop into song lyrics, or you know, sometimes not. You know, but it's still it's it's good to get out there. That's great, nice. And what's your uh, what's your job out there? So right at this point, I'm working as a lift electrician up in North Lake Tahoe at one of the resorts up there, um, and it's awesome. You know, it's like I got to admit, it's like. My, the best job I've ever had, really? you know, uh, it, it's really cool. I'm keeping the lifts running for the public. And, you know, so I'm still learning that as well, too. It's, it's, you know, a lot of the skills transfer over from the tower industry. And before that I worked as a cable guy Okay, and, uh, yeah, I've always been in one trade or another, you know, I did hardwood floors for a while when I was in Jersey and, uh, which was awesome too. Again, lifelong friends that I've met from doing that. And, uh, yeah. So the new gig is, is really great. Uh, all the guys up there are super helpful too, you know, cause there of course is a learning curve yeah. and, uh, but the environment couldn't be better. You know, it's, it's, it's gorgeous up there. And, uh, you know, I get to ride the chairs you know, sometimes during the day I'm checking out and making sure everything is running properly. I, I get to take runs, nice. which is great. Yeah. Nice. Which is totally <laughs> great. And, uh, yeah, now spring is about to get started here too. So with that comes the warm weather and more sunny days. So, yeah, you know, that's great. Yeah. I remember, uh, one of my greatest gigs was photographing for mountain Creek and, uh, the, the days I would have my camera gear and my snowboard, <laughs> you know, what a, what a great gig that was. Yeah. What an awesome gig. And you know, it's great that you mentioned mountain Creek because I think it would have been my, like my first real job ever, you know, like where I was on the books going to work every day was mountain Creek. Nice. A, yep. It was the, I think it was the year or it may have still been action park in the summers i was a shallow water lifeguard <laughs> yes <laughs> which is basically like just standing around and make sure you know nobody drowned in like the three foot deep pool yeah and then uh, yeah and then that winter i was a lifty you know nice. bumping chairs in jersey so it i did sort of come full circle now that we think about that oh, yeah. you know back working at the resort again at 40 sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. great it's like uh yeah, uh, my cousins, um, for sure, there was a time living at Snowbird Mountain and 
you know, trying to get some sort of occupation to pay some bills and things, but for sure it was all about being on the mountain. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And, but for all of them, you know, careers kind of fell in place, you know, whether it was uh, in the, you know, tourist industry or in uh, even in construction, whatever it was, you know, just kind of led to careers, you know, it's kind of awesome. That's it is kind of awesome. Yeah. You know, I think it, it, it comes down to really wanting it, yeah. you know, I, I could say, you know, so the tower industry was great and I learned a ton. And like I said, I met some really great people and I'm definitely very grateful for that. The downside of that was there wasn't quite as much of a work-life balance as I would have liked. Sure. Yeah. It's like takes over because you're always out there. Yeah. You know, we, we'd go out on these rotations and sometimes it would be like three weeks at a time if we were away from home and then we'd come back and get like a week off and then get back out on the road. Um, you know, and I, I, I can't say enough that those guys, you know, that keep, keep the cell industry going, you know, they're the, they're the backbone. The climbers are, are the backbone of that industry. And, um, you know, I don't know if, they really get as much credit as they as they deserve. You know, yeah, these yeah. guys are climbing four hundred feet sometimes in a day to make <laughs> sure that your cell phone is working. You know, so again, a, a shout out to those guys too. Nice, that's great. Yeah, so you've been in these very much so you know working man jobs. You know, you're you're doing all that, and it's it's I I keep thinking of Woody Guthrie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, just yeah, with, yeah. just because you're in kind of the modern day version of railroad building, <laughs> you know, and then, and then, but you got the guitar in hand, and yeah, this guitar still, uh, so it still kills fascists, right? According to what he got through. <laughs> Absolutely, um, man. Absolutely. Not not that you're literally killing them, but for sure you're challenging them with your songs and things, and uh, and so it's kind of a, a nice kind of nostalgic thought there as I, I picture this life but as you say it was not an easy life as well and uh and now you're kind of tapping into this uh yeah i mean i i, I feel like you know anybody who, who hits those mountain regions and you know just the you're definitely not ski bumming it you know that's not real it's you know you have to work for for where you are but there is all the gifts of where you live and i i, I have to say i appreciate that you know i kind of uh you know, I don't really live vicariously through people's social media, but I definitely have <laughs> seen Chris Chris Campbell's social media as a little bit of my like desire for the West, and uh, so I appreciate it. So, in terms of that, I know you're you're probably on a cell phone photographing, right? Yeah, yeah, the majority of, of but, uh, the photos come yeah, from I mean, my eye, come from the phone. Yeah, sure, and I, I mean it's they're good enough now to make some great images. I, I do have to say though, it's. Uh, you're pretty good at that even man you got some you got a creative uh mind so it's it shows up in even those images and it's not just the pretty picture it's actually uh for sure the location's awesome but your compositions and things are even interesting so i appreciate that uh, yeah i i appreciate that too man um it kind of makes it easy out here <laughs> you <know? laughs> sure sure <laughs> you know? but, uh, you're out there it's like you, know, you can see that you're out there for some days so you've done some backpacking you did some uh you know, some days out or just kind of just single day trips. Yeah, man. Um, last June, I think it was maybe early July. I went up to, uh, Klamath, Klamath national forest, uh, with my buddy Neil. And, uh, we did 
over the course of five days through the Marble Mountain Wilderness, we did, I think it was probably about 35 miles. Nice. And that was, that was amazing. Yeah, that, that's one of those experiences that I'll, I'll remember for my entire life. Sure. Uh, yeah, some of the most beautiful spots. And it was funny, the one we camped by uh, Campbell Lake, you know, of all, of yeah. all places. <laughs> one, of the, one of the spots that we ended up camping, yeah, it was, it was Campbell Lake. Nice. I'm, uh, home. I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there are some, some grueling trails out there, but it, it was well worth it. That's great. And that's, that's definitely a great spot. That's extreme Northern California, about, I would say 20, 30 miles South of the Oregon border. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm up there. Nice. Let's yeah. Think, yes. I, think, I think you've done well to combine, uh, many of my loves for sure nature to creating to to just work you know that's like sincere and interesting and good community even there um so it's nice to chat about all these things i definitely uh i think we have some we've hit some some topics here you know we've got some great things in the mix it's almost like uh i think most artists you know most creators will appreciate nature in in some way where they really try to delve into it and like you said that feeds back to the music and feeds back to even your your community experience so it's kind of nice to think about all these things that that just the gift of life stuff you know <laughs> it's kind of awesome yeah man and i i I, pre- I really do appreciate you saying that too um it's it actually hits this on the head man because when i was traveling so often with in the tower industry you know I'll I'll put it this way. I think that uh, sometimes I have to learn things the hard way. And what I mean by that is I sometimes have to be deprived of something to realize how important it is to me. Uh, And with that comes a sense of community. Because even when I was living in Ben Lohman and now when I was back in Tahoe, you know, it, um, I, I would say, you know, like, for example, going to the coffee shop, sure. you know, instead of, you know, being like a, an anonymous face coming in and out, it's nice to say like, oh, hey, you know, oh yeah, Chris, what's up? Americano for you again? That type of, you know, even just some things very simple like that, give you the sense of home and a sense of belonging and a sense of community. And then of course you could contribute back to that which I think is really the true definition of gratitude is when you can then have the ability to give back. Nice. You know? So yeah, that, that's, that's something that I've learned is, is important to me. That's great, man. That's great. Very cool. Man. I appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you coming on. Um, yeah, recording this through a uh, different means. So hopefully we're all good to go. <laughs> Otherwise I'm having you back. We got to have this conversation recorded for sure. Um, Absolutely, man. I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I was wondering, uh, just yeah, as a final word, um, just, do you have any projects, um, you're going with, you're doing some solo songs. I know you just sent me something. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm recording on my own. Uh, just like I have about about five songs that I really am trying to focus on to put out some sort of EP or whatever that's a combination of songs that I've written recently 
you know, about, nice. you know, a lot of it touches on the whole situation with the fire and, uh, you know, just getting in and settling in and, you know, again, the whole thing with growth and pushing the envelope, pushing the comfort zone. And, uh, you know, and then I have a whole back catalog of stuff too, that I, I'd really like, I think deserve, uh, decent recordings, nice. you know? So maybe you have me back on in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we could promote it. Well, nice. Yeah, man. Where can we find you if we're just following on Instagram or something? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. It's uh, I am Cambo, uh, C A M B O, and uh, I plan on uploading a couple songs, you know, in the near future, and probably be on Spotify or SoundCloud or one of them. Sweet. And uh, I'll yeah, I'll let you know when when those are up and that those are available. All right, cool, man. Meanwhile, yeah, just keep creating, you know. Keep insane with your creating and, uh, you know, exploring the world and, you know, doing cool Yeah, stuff. man. And, uh, you know, also, I, I want to say thank you to you because th- this is a great format for, for guys like me and people like me to, uh, you know, have an outlet there. And, and it's pretty cool, you know, the whole premise of, uh, you know, creative people with, with day jobs and, you know, what drives them. It, it's actually a, a great thing that you're doing. So thank you. Thanks, man. Just trying to, you know, bring it, bring it back a little grassrootsy, you know, like that. And yeah, I, I feel like everybody's got a story to tell, but especially creative people, they just can't help but do it, you know. And even if they, uh, they're overwhelmed with, you know, jobs that take over, you still got to have that guitar in the backpack. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. All right, man. Great right. talking, yeah. We miss you out here in New Jersey, so it's good to hear your voice. And oh yeah, my pleasure, man. And uh, yep. I'll uh, I'll be in Jersey in April. Cool. So yeah, maybe some disc golf going. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, definitely, man. I think that's the one of the one of the times I photographed you before was you were playing disc golf. (laughs) A long time. You know, that's that that's another one too that we've never really touched on is is the disc golf. You know, I I I love getting out there too. That's great. All right, man. Well, it's great to talk to you, and uh, have a great day. Enjoy your day off. All right. Thanks a lot, Dennis. All right, take care. All right, bye. Thanks for listening to All right, next week. For episode number eight, we have Jamie D. Toronto, who's a freelance travel writer and photographer. She's uh, just recently got published in National Geographic. One of my old students who uh, truly has a love of writing and photography, so definitely living out those passions as a travel writer. So definitely a good conversation coming up for you next Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Take a listen. Also, if you're enjoying the song, check out Jay Agnish um, out there on any of your favorite streaming platforms. And uh, again, uh, appreciate Mike Ferrari with his artwork, created our cover art. So enjoy. Um, Hope you listen next week. Hopefully you enjoyed today. If you've been enjoying, drop me a line at the Stolen Hours Podcast on Instagram or at www.thestolenhourspodcast.com. Take care, guys.